Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dosh, Rinko Lieber. I don't know if I've got Breakwell on the line or not. I had a little bit of a sketchy connection through my headphones. We're going to see if he's here in just a minute because this show is better when one of us is not here. And obviously, it's not me. It's him. Because when I'm not here, the whole show crashes into the side of a mountain. Welcome to Wrong and Wronger, the show where we argue about things that don't mean anything to anyone except folks in fifth grade who take this in a very passionate sense. But James, let me ask you and hope that I've got you here. How are you today? I am not doing great. I'll be honest, after our hiatus last week, my wonderful Steve Free Week, I'm, I'm kind of feeling the slump of getting back here. I just, uh, <laughs> I didn't realize how good life could be and now we're back to this. So what do you want me to what? say? This has carried us to the heights of fame and power that we have held for over two and a half years now, James. What are you talking about? That is true. I do like getting recognized in public zero times for this podcast. <laughs> I got one on you, so there you go. Actually, no, I take that back. That's wrong. I did, ha- I did happen one, once. It happened one, one time to each of us, but to be fair, the one time it happened to you, they thought you were me, which is insulting yeah. to us both. Yeah. Yeah, especially me. Anyway, (laughs) I wasn't here, James, so bring me up to speed. How bad was the show? How horrific was the feedback? Like, uh, let me know how it went in my absence. So, for those of you who weren't here last week, Steve refused to record with me. I offered him, like, 15 different dates, and he's like, no, none of these are too good. I'm I'm jetting around the world, eating caviar. (laughs) I can't can't be uh, slowed down to record with you. And so at the last minute, I picked my my 10-year-old, my fifth grader, Betsy, and she recorded with me. And I thought the episode went really well. I mean, in the sense that we produced an episode that I never listened to again, you know. So it was just like all my other episodes. (laughs) Let me tell you something. I actually got some really harsh criticism from an unexpected person. Do you know who hated that episode more than anything in the world? Boy, I've got three in mind, but I hope it wasn't Judy P. No, she would never betray us like that. No, no, scratch her off the list. She would. Oh, okay, okay. What, your wife? Yes. Okay, maybe it wasn't ah! expected. She hated it. And you know why she hated it so much? I think she felt betrayed because she found out that our I was, I was doing this podcast with our kids. So she tuned in to listen to the kids. And then she discovered that I talked too. And it, it just burned her like fire that I had tricked her into listening to me she's like you don't let the kids talk enough it's like it's it's a 25 minute podcast and you know and betsy's 10 like i've gotta i've gotta carry this conversation through and i guess she just wanted 25 minutes of betsy and zero of me so she was quite upset and had some very unconstructive feedback for me but that was actually the only thing i heard back from it otherwise we got our usual radio silence very unconstructive feedback. Wow, that's kind of the story of being an entertainer in today's world. But from your wife, James. Yeah, you know what? Oh. It was the kind of thing that if it came in an email, it would have went right to my spam folder. But like, she was right in front of me, <laughs> giving it to me. Like, what am I supposed to do about that? 
Wow. So you've got a wife that'll give you that kind of scathing flame right to your face? Well, not usually. I mean, it's the only episode she's ever listened to, and she'll never make that mistake again. I, it, yeah, the other well, day, that's kind of on her. The other yeah. day, I, I asked her, she she asked what you were up to, like she cared. And I was like, you don't, you don't care what Steve's Ooh. up to. She's like, I do what? care. And I was like, you could listen Thanks. to him talk. For 25 minutes every week. And then she's like, oh, yeah. Then, then she backed off immediately because I called her bluff. Because she likes to pretend like she cares. But in reality, uh, she would only, I mean, she would be equally indifferent if you or I disappeared off the face of the earth. The kids, though, <laughs> she would very much like to listen to them on a podcast. And I definitely let her down there. But that doesn't mean they're not a better podcast host than you. So that is our topic this week. Thrown together at the last possible second, as always, should I replace Steve with a small child? Obviously, this will never happen because <laughs> unlike when you or I was 10 years old, Betsy doesn't have the gift of gab like we seem to have had. I don't know that you or I could have carried a full 25 just extemporaneously when we were 10 years old. I'm thinking, though, we could have probably pulled it off. So Betsy <laughs> did fine. She's cute and everything, but she's no Steve Olivas. You understand? Thank Dr. Goodness. Steve brings something. Watch out. First, it's my turn to talk, not your turn. I bring a lifetime of wit and wisdom and experience, and I polish it all up every week for 25 minutes and put up with Breakwell. It's Beauty and the Beast, and I know why people tune in. Betsy was fine in a pinch, obviously. You couldn't find your wife running around the house, so you thought, I need an intellectual equal, so we need a 10-year-old here. And Betsy stepped up to the plate and steamrolled you. She planted you like a row of corn during that podcast debate, and that's why you need me, because you seem to think you trounce me every week, and I, I don't know that that's even possible, but it certainly didn't feel like it did last week. You need a little Dr. Steve in your life, James. I'm curious about this, even though I'm 100% certain of the answer. Did you listen to last week's episode? Most of it, yes. Did you really? I, I am shocked. Yes, I did. Wow. Why? Well, I, do you ever listen to these episodes? Do I ever listen to these episodes? <laughs> <laughs> this was a special episode. I thought I was going to hear Betsy for 25 minutes. And I, I took notes, James. I'm going to have a little bit of feedback for you. Send them right to my spam folder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I'm surprised. So what was the cutoff point? What what made you finally bail? Because you said you listened to most of it. I did. I did. Uh, I think we were leaving somewhere, ah. and I was just trying to catch it in the kitchen before we walked out. So it, it, well, I probably... That, that does explain ahead. why we had one more listen than usual last week. We were up to four, so I guess now I know where our numbers <laughs> well, yeah, are coming Lola from. in there, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Someday we're going to have so many listens that we can't count the individuals. Like, we can't put, like, oh, yeah, that was the 345. That's about when Judy P gets off work. So that explains yeah. that one. <laughs> Someday there'll be too many. We can't do that anymore. She listens to the audio version and, and waits for her husband to get home to watch the video version. So she actually gives us one on both platforms. It's, she is she is far too good for us. It's, uh, it's, it's one more listener than we deserve, truthfully. But I think if I had... 
a 10-year-old as a co-host. I think that might be the gimmick I need, because clearly the gimmick of of arguing with an old, senile man is played out. Like, nobody <laughs> cares. It's like, it's like you don't want to go and watch a boxing match between, like, the world champion and some guy you pulled out of, like, the senior home. Like, it, it does, it's not a real fight, you know? And uh, I, I'm pretty sure I did trounce Betsy. It's just, uh, I, I turned, found, found out that I can really just kind of put anybody into the Steve slot. I mean, I could put a dog no. in the Steve oh slot. Just, I just need something there that I can talk at. And that's, and that's really the role you fill. But, like, if you got the cuteness factor in there, the small child voices, like, maybe I need to spin off a podcast where me and Betsy just talk about stuff. Like, this thought crossed my mind. And then I remembered our other two podcasts and how hard it is to get listeners for it. And I was like, really? <laughs> do I want to divide our meager listenership even further? But I might do it. We'll see. I don't know if I'll actually replace you on this podcast. You do come in handy um, sometimes in small ways. But... Maybe there'll be a third podcast out there adding to the 10 billion podcasts that are already out there in the world. And we'll divide that far too divided pie even more. So everybody can get even a teenier, tinier slice. How, how would you feel about that? I know how much time you enjoy devoting to this podcast and the other <laughs> podcast. And thinking that you're going to carve another chunk out of your week. Like if I was at the Bellagio, I would not bet the over on that one. Let me just put it that way. I'm guessing two is about where you hit your ceiling. And I know you do guest appearances on several other podcasts. So I'm thinking your time is already accounted for. Yeah, the thing is, though, my time has so little value, and that's that's the thing that counterbalances it. It's like, I, I don't like to record. I, once I get in these podcasts, I'm fine. What I hate is setting aside time for the podcast, and I don't know if you go through the same thing, but it's anytime I have to do anything, even if it's something I like to do, if I have to block out time to do it, it's like the greatest burden in the world. It's like, why can't I just do nothing instead? Even if this thing is far better than nothing, which... Wrong and Wronger is slightly better than nothing, but not that by much. <laughs> but I still have to set aside time. I have to move around chairs. I have to set up my phone. I have to hope everything doesn't go wrong. It just, it's a whole big production, which I guess is the one benefit of you on your end. It, it, you know, Betsy's not going to help with any of the technical side of it. Like when I send you stuff, <laughs> you generally post the episodes eventually. It might be a week or two or nine late. I might have to remind you like five times, but eventually you put it up in most cases. And I don't know if she would do yeah, that, yeah. so that might be the one point in your factor. But on the other hand, like, it's you. Like, every time when I have to go edit this, there's a video portion. I see your face. I see the beard. I see it all. Listen, jealousy is the green-eyed monster. Yeah, I, I saw the, uh, you did a before and after. Your wife made you shave off part of your beard. <laughs> and it was I like, <laughs> I did. And I just, like, I don't know which one's worse. It's just two, <laughs> two equally bad outcomes. I've been scarred twice now. Yeah, when the before and the after tend to weight each other out pretty evenly, it's like, why even bother with one or the other? Like, just take the picture. That's why I... Or I, don't take the picture. I asked my wife for years if I should have a beard or not, and she would never give me an opinion, and it was because I was equally ugly both ways. I finally figured that out. I was like, oh, that's the issue. It just doesn't make a difference. So I... <laughs> I eventually opt. I, I kind of go with stubble. It's a little bit longer now than usual, but uh, yeah, that, that's the, that's the place to go. Mainly because I can I, you can give people like carpet burn instantly. Have you ever had just a real thin beard at all times? You rub it on the skin. It's like an instant indie. It's like an instant uh, rug burn. It's, oh, you uh, got to pull that one back. Yeah, yeah. Rug burn. There you go. There we go. I, got, I saved it. I saved I it. We're good. You. All right. <laughs> I know where you're headed. <laughs> no, but maybe next time we can get together, you can demonstrate that for me. 
I will not be touching you in any way, shape, or form, even through multiple <laughs> layers of clothing. <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever get back together again. There's a chance I will never go on the road again, and the odds of you coming to Nashville are about the same as the sun crashing into the earth at some point. So this may be as good as it gets. You know, I... I almost went on a book tour, like my first actual proper book tour back in March, and then the world collapsed like right before it. So I'm pretty sure this yeah. entire COVID thing is my fault. Like that's why God smited the earth because I was going to go yeah, out in the public. Don't rule but that out. Yeah. you know, it's really like I, I did a book signing with my first and second books, and I just kind of stopped because it's kind of it's kind of wonderful. Like it's good to see people, but it's also good to not see people. And <laughs> I, if I had to, it's very hard. It takes a lot of work, a lot of tweets, a lot of emails. To get, like, anybody to assemble in one place, even just, like, friends. Like, getting three friends together is, like, a big to-do of, like, coordinating schedules and all that. And if you want to get, like, 40 or 50 or 100 strangers to all congregate in one place to, like, see me of all people, it takes so much work to do that that uh, if, if book touring becomes extinct, I wouldn't be terribly sad. So, yeah, I probably won't be down that way for a book tour. Conventions right now are completely canceled. I was supposed to fly to Texas last year. Actually, not last year, a couple months ago. This has been a long year. And, uh, mm. and, and that, that got thrown out the window. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what circumstances would ever send me down to Nashville. But if I ever go that way, I'm pretty sure I'll make a giant detour around your city just, just to make sure that doesn't happen. <laughs> Now, two things. One, for you to get three friends together would require you to get two more friends. <laughs> and two, were you booked in Nashville? Is that why you brought this up in the first place? No, but like when they, every time I'd go through with a, a publisher, I'd be like, well, where do you want to go? Where do you want to look at? I mean, Nashville is one of those cities kind of in the orbit of Indianapolis, you know, sure. places you can drive in a day and come back so a publisher doesn't have to pay for a, pay for a hotel room. That's a big <laughs> expense. You know, you're, you, when you're talking about a low value author like me, you got to cut pennies where you can. James, the publisher doesn't pay for anything. That all comes out of your cut. <laughs> it, it depends. I mean, and there have been a couple things. Sometimes if somebody has an event, they'll pay for it. Like, I, they, somebody flew me out to Philadelphia once to talk, and they paid for that, and they paid for the hotel room and all of that. And uh, Oh, yeah. That they, ain't your publisher, though. That's my point. That 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 is a fair point. And the people who there were in Texas, that was also not the publisher. I, that's how publishers stay in business. They make smart business decisions. And one of those smart business decisions is to not spend money on me. So I, I know where we stand. <laughs> I get it. I mean, really realistically like how many books would you have to sell to like to re recoup the money for like gas and the hotel room and all of that you figure yep. you make a dollar yep. or two per book you gotta sell a couple hundred books at the stop to break even like man how does anybody make money on that well and you gotta lug all the books with you too which is another yes. pain in the neck that, that's dangerously close to physical labor, which is something I want to avoid completely. Uh, this is very much unrelated <laughs> to the topic, though, of if I should replace you on the podcast, oh, though. But at least we've established but I should. This is related. I guess this is part of the wisdom that I bring to the table. Would you be able to have a, an insider business conversation with Betsy about how publishing and that industry works? I don't think so. I, you know, yeah, probably, you got me there. But I could talk at her and say my part of the conversation, which, let's be honest, was the interesting part of the conversation. So really, nothing of value would be lost. It'd just be the filler responses on the other end. I mean, sometime as an experiment, I'm just going to cut your audio for the entire podcast and see if anybody notices. <laughs> James, I bring a whole different demographic to this podcast. Like, uh, I, I expand your horizon beyond everyone named Judy P in Ontario. Like, that was kind of what you brought the fan base with you, and I brought everyone else. Yeah, it's weird, actually. So, I, you know, I'm obviously a million times more popular than you because I'm just better in every possible way. <laughs> but then when you get to the podcast, 
it's pretty close to even. I think the audience is half from your side and half from mine. It's like a really weird wedding, you know. You got to fill up the church with people on both sides of the aisle, and there's equal spacing. It just it seems like they should all be from my side, but uh, I think I wore out my welcome with that. And it, it's still sometimes I'll post a video or something. People are like, I had no idea what your voice sounded like. It's like really, I've been posting podcasts for two and a half <laughs> years, and you've never heard my voice. Podcast videos, the whole thing, and I still get that comment all the time. So yeah. They are people on my side. I think what it is is they're just smarter and more discerning. And on your side, they obviously have lower standards because they already follow you on Twitter. And they thought, oh, what the heck? I've already made a terrible choice. What's listening to a podcast going to do? Yeah, where Steve is with a, a, an even more terrible choice. So I actually <laughs> look good by comparison. You don't park next to the Ferrari. You know what I'm saying, James? Like when I go in public, I want to take that Chevy Cruze with me. And that is James Breakwell. Just you wait. I, I am going to be on your wall of fame one of these days. I finally, I, I got my hair cut fixed. I went to the barber just a little bit ago. And so the, uh, the, the photo shoot, the new author photo photo shoot that got canceled because of my terrible haircut is finally going to happen here in a week or two and uh i'm gonna send you one of those headshots just you i'm gonna there's only gonna be one headshot everything you know this is this is what 2020 we don't print pictures anymore i'm gonna print one picture and i'm gonna mail it to you do are you actually getting professional headshots yeah i mean you know it's professional i mean i pay a guy he he says i don't have to pay him but i pay him it's a friend so i mean you could you could take that knock against it. He's the same guy who did that that picture of my header, the picture where we're all photoshopped holding the zombie weapons and stuff. The guy does yeah, good yeah. work. I mean, he made us look pretty cool in that. So yeah, he does good work. But then again, I did my last photo shoot with him and he's the one where uh, like my middle button in the middle of my shirt was unbuttoned and neither of us yep. noticed because we're just two dudes. So yeah. So so this time actually, <laughs> I'm bringing my wife with me to, to catch little things like that. Since she's sure. so fond of giving me, you know, immediate brutal feedback, I figure that could be handy yeah, for this. I was going to say, she'll have no at the end of that photo shoot for you. Yeah, yeah. hopefully during the photo shoot, because after the photo shoot, it really doesn't do me any good. Well, you'll have a long car ride home, and that's <laughs> when the truth comes out. And that's when we realize I should have just hired a model. I should have just stayed anonymous, put somebody <laughs> in my place. And See, I that's where it. I could come in. I come cheap, James, and I bring the pretty. I feel like you don't know what that word means. I, I really <laughs> why? don't. <laughs> why was there a pregnant pause there? That was very awkward. <laughs> Pregnant pause, that brings up another good point. You bring up terrible stories that, that, that I find interesting <laughs> and horrifying at the same time. My favorite of which is you going to a hockey game while your poor wife was in labor. I mean, the worst thing... I, just a couple weeks ago. I know. The worst thing I've done to my wife is trick her into listening to a podcast where I talked. You, you left your wife oh. in the <laughs> hospital so you could go to a hockey game. We've been married a lot longer than you have. You'll have some horrific stories in there, too, when you're my age. Yeah, but we're done having kids. Like, I managed to not go to a sports event while my wife was in labor. I think I think we're okay there. Like, the, the worst possible thing I could do, I got around doing. I, I managed to avoid it because I have more than zero self-control. So, it actually, James. it's not even an issue of self-control. Like, you have to actively go out of your way to set up a sporting event well, your wife is in labor. Like, I feel like you didn't have these tickets before she went in labor. Like, she went in labor, and then you got the tickets. <laughs> now, first of all, we are season ticket holders, and why let these things go to waste? And second of all, I was like a pulling guard on, like, a sweep, and my job was to take out the cornerback, and that's what I did. I had to clear a path for a nice, delightful labor, and that required her mother, her mother, my mother-in-law, not being in the room. So I did her a favor. I never got thanked, but I don't hold a grudge, James. Wait, just so I'm clear, because we, yeah. we, we 
find new and horrible secrets every time we peel back this onion. <laughs> so if you didn't take your mom to the sporting event, then your mom, mom was going to be in the delivery room. Yes. Why? Now, I was there when the baby was delivered. But uh, no, if it was my mother, she wouldn't have had any problem with it. She likes my mother. Wait, you my mother likes me, in fact. So wait, wait, she, you got rid of her mother. You, it was your mother-in-law. Yes. Okay, so her, she yes. was going to be in there. Like that's, you, okay, we have an entire podcast where we talk about establishing boundaries and you couldn't establish the boundary of, you're not going to stay in this room. Game. That's not a boundary. You sidestepped it. You distracted her. This is the, you were the guy holding the torch next to the overturned SUV as the T-Rex storm towards you. Like you didn't, you didn't solve the problem. You didn't build a boundary. You just diverted the problem for a little while. Hey, torch guy puts his life on the line <laughs> for everyone trapped in that minivan, I'll have you know. Oh, so you so like you never actually made it clear to her that no, we don't want you in the delivery room. You just said, "Oh, by coincidence, I have this sporting event we could attend right now. Let's go do that and talk no that more about the labor." Rude. Come on, I am nothing if not a humanitarian. Wow, this is uh, this has been enlightening. I feel like we could have an entire podcast just about you and the delivery room. Like we could we could have hours of conversations about that. I told you the TV was on. My daughter was born because the Cubs game was on. It was a day game against the Phillies. A day. There are like 255 games a season for baseball. You, and I, wow. I bet you, do you even remember who won You're that game? You're a true fan, James. I'm, I'm sorry? Do you even remember who won that game? No, but I knew at the time. I, I would be more impressed if you decided to name your, your daughter after one of the players on the field. <laughs> Whoever homered <laughs> that day, that's, that's the sign. You know what? I'm going to look that up. I'm making a note for myself. I will report back next week on who won that game. I, I look forward to you realizing that your memory is completely wrong and they didn't even play that day. <laughs> well, I was just thinking, it's funny you say that. I was just thinking, ooh, I, if, if they didn't actually play the Phillies that day, I'm going to have to lie next week <laughs> and say they did. I don't want to lose my street cred with James Breakwell. Isn't it, it, it's always uh, unfortunate when you verify memories and you realize your, yours is completely wrong. Yeah. Like one yeah. of the things yeah. I've, I made a Jurassic Park reference just a minute ago, and one of the things I gripe about to my parents to this day is that for my sixth birthday, I... Um, so I wanted to go see Jurassic Park, and movies were expensive, and we were really poor at the time. So we took the entire family to see this movie, and that was my whole birthday present, was paying for everybody to go. Oh, it's like, okay. why do we pay for everybody to go? It's my birthday. Just take me. Then you can still buy me presents. Why, why are we giving this present to the rest of you? And anyway, I, I, I bring that up all the time. And then when I was reading the, my, writing my book that's coming out in June, it's got you know these family stories and stuff. For some reason, I looked into it. And uh, I got it all wrong. Jurassic Park didn't come out when I was six. It came out when I was eight. Like my, yep. Yeah, my dates were all completely wrong, and every, everything was all thrown off. I had this whole narrative <laughs> built out. A lifetime of complaining, and I was off by two years. And that makes you really <laughs> question everything else. when it came out? What's that? Must have been 93 then, right? Yeah. 85. I guess it came out yeah. right before we moved to Illinois. Yeah, I was eight. I was in second grade, about to go into... Uh, I, I must say, it was my eighth birthday, because I turned eight right before... Right before we moved, or right before I started third grade. So yeah, that that was the that was the whole thing, and it, it just blew my mind. I thought, what else am I wrong about? Am I wrong about my choice and co-host? Am I well? That one I'm definitely wrong no. about. I could be wrong no, about no, anything, no, no, no. except for the topics we argue about, because I'm always right about those. 
I saw the original Star Wars movie on my 10th birthday in 1977. And that was a big deal. Well, and that, the movie was horrible. Oh, that, I wish you wouldn't have told me that. Because now I'm always going to remember when you were born. And that's upsetting. Because <laughs> I, I can do math from 1977. I can't remember your birthday, but I can remember Star Wars. Uh, all right. Well, and the number 10 makes it a little easier to subtract for. You can keep your shoes on. Yeah, that's actually how I calculate the ages of all my kids. I, uh, one of them was born <laughs> in 2010. So I start with that one. And then I yep. add two years as we go. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we have conclusively, conclusively came to the decision that I am a critical, dare I say necessary, component for this podcast <laughs> to be as good as it is. Is is that what we discovered? You know what? Just do the outro. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Betsy pretty would sure. line her outro. I can say that for her. You know what? Put uh, put up your little poll thing again on Twitter and see how that goes. We'll <laughs> see what the people have to say because I think I'm bringing the goods. I don't think your self-esteem can deal with that sort of devastation. Like, you can't, you can't put anything up against a 10-year-old child and win, unless it was, like, a puppy. Like, I could have a puppy co-host, or maybe more popular than a child, but a child is definitely going to win. All right. Uh, if the people want to lie, to go against their instinct, <laughs> to go against their gut, then I say, do we need them as fans in the first place? Possibly yes. not. I, I, I don't know, James. We, we need all four of our fans. Absolutely. Even if they only well, hate Well, wait a minute. Listen. I was one of them, though. Yeah, and Lola was one, and neither of you was a fan, and there's Judy P. So in theory, there was one other person who listens. So we got that going for us. Thank you, Mr. Mystery Listener. We Judy P's husband, although he piggybacks onto her download. So I, I, I don't know how that We should tell them they have to watch on separate screens so it properly registers our numbers <laughs> that are hurting us here. <laughs> Hey, did you get a Judy P care package this week? No, I didn't. I haven't checked ah, that. Uh, he likes me more. No. <laughs> Raise the roof. Yeah, baby. <laughs> we got the funk. We anyway. Yes, she sent me a nice Thanksgiving card, and by we, me, I mean uh, me and Mrs. Steve, and a uh, little trinket for Thanksgiving. It was very sweet. Was it some sort of cursed talisman? No, no. It was just her saying, "I like you more." Was it a monkey's paw by chance? You should definitely make all three of those wishes. <laughs> yeah. That was an O. Henry novel, was or a short story, wasn't it? The yes. monkey's claw. It's one of the few. Nice. One of the few literary references I make. I went all the way through college in English, and that's about the only <laughs> short story I remember because everything turned out horribly, and that's just like real life. Yes, God, I remember reading that in grade school, probably right after O. Henry wrote it. But yeah. <laughs> all right, we got to get out of here, James. One of us has a life. All right, we'll do the outro. I, I don't know if you're waiting for me to sign us out or what, but this is your job. It's the one thing I, I ask I you to do. <laughs> some kind of minimal social reinforcer on your part, but I know you're new to this podcasting game. But you know what's not going to be new is this show with me in it next week after <laughs> all of you flood Breakwell's inbox with pleas, P-L-E-A-S, to bring Olivas back. And let's make sure this never happens again where Olivas can't make it on the show because we'll just go dormant. We'll go fallow because we need to like reinvigorate the soil with nitrates while Olivas is gone. But until next week and all of us get back together again, me, James, and both of you, this is Steve Olivas, Dr. Steve for James the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening, thanks for loving on Dr. Steve, and remember as always, two wrongs can make a right.